Indians guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today's November 7th, the Braves are World Series champions and the offseason officially started. Jacob Stallings is gold. More awards coming this week. What's all these tweets about Kutch? Let's go Bucks. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, We have so much to go over tonight. Gold Glove Awards were handed out tonight. Clayton Kershaw is no longer a Dodger, and that's stupid. Uh, But we're going to get into some roster stuff that's already happening, and uh, we got to get into this Andrew McCutcheon talk, you know? Oh, and MLB has a new champion. What's up, Jake? Yeah. Braves won a World Series in six. I missed out on that MVP call, but hey. Jorge Soler had himself a series. Uh, it was a fun evening in our house that night. We, we, we had a good time. I got online right away, ordered the wife some World Series champ swag, and won't be delivered till late this month. <laughs> Thought that was pretty crazy. On another note, decided to change up the look a little bit. Lost the big beard, cut off the mullet. Feels weird, but <laughs> hey, I like it too. Feels good too. Uh, Played my last softball tournament of the year this this past weekend. Had a blast. It was freezing cold. Literally freezing. 27 degrees when I got off the park. But as far as baseball goes, I guess it's time for MLB the show because real baseball's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So yeah, Braves winning the World Series. Yeah, it was good, man. Remember that 81 and 81 talk at the beginning of the year? Yeah. And we were like, you're nuts. Mm -hmm. Even though that's really an unfair argument because there was a different team. (laughs) True. They did a good job. I mean, in the regular season, they did only win 88, so. Yeah. Yeah, but they were saying they were going to do that 81 stuff with Acuna. Right. Right. Anyway. Their Uh, pitching is what came through. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Freed's a stud. He got some gold. Mm-hmm. He got some gold tonight. Yeah, he did. Duvall also got some gold, even though he was one of the back half guys. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Gold mm-hmm. Glove Awards. Jacob Stallings. Let's go. So we had three. <laughs> Stallings wins it. Uh, I thought we had a chance for Reynolds to get it too, but the Cardinals basically just took over ESPN this, this evening. So... <laughs> Cardinals had yeah, five crazy. gold gloves. First team ever to have five gold gloves. The fourth team in the last 45 years to have three gold glove infielders in the same season, which I thought was interesting. And the crazy thing is the Cardinals, the 2002 Cardinals, were the other one of the other teams. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, Reynolds and Newman miss out. And, uh, you know, that's all right. Harrison yeah. Bader, we said that it was probably going to be Bader if it was, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And that's who it was. It was Harrison Bader. Tyler O'Neill won left field. Arenado, which I'm excited about. <laughs> I talked about it last yeah. week. I'm excited that it's Arenado because we still want Key Brian Hayes to be the one right? to stop the streak. Nine straight gold gloves in nine seasons for Nolan Arenado. That's crazy. He could retire tomorrow, and I'd put him in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. 
Uh, Goldschmidt won his fourth. Who else was uh, Brandon Crawford won his fourth. That's who we thought would win. Uh, other than that, a bunch of firsts and seconds. Tyler O'Neill back to back years. Max Freed back to back years. Uh, oh, I thought that was interesting. Another Cardinals. Tommy Edmond wins Gold Glove, and last year it was Colton Wong with the Cardinals who won Gold Glove. Right. <laughs> uh, and then on the American, Gold yeah. There. Well, nice. and you know what? Same thing <laughs> in the American League left field. It was Alex Gordon since 2017, and then Alex Gordon's not there this year, and Ben Intendi won it in left field for Kansas City, which, by the way, means that the state of Missouri had seven gold gloves <laughs> because they had Michael A. Taylor yeah. and Ben Intendi. Holy moly. A little fundamentals in middle America, huh? <laughs> Chapman won his third. Other than that, it was a bunch of firsts. Oh, Joey Gallo, his second straight. And uh, Dallas Keuchel. Got yeah. his fifth. Yeah, five. How how do you? Uh, can, is that even like bragging rights? No. Well, I got who, five gold gloves as a pitcher. Well, it was Granky was the other one for it, and he had six. <laughs> and then there was one guy, uh, Barrios, Barrios for Toronto, the kid that came up with Minnesota. He yeah. was he was up for it too. It would have been his first, but a lot of firsts. Yeah. And guys like uh, Marcus Simeon, Yuli Gurriel was his first, 38 years old. That's kind of nuts. But Jacob Stallings, first gold glove. What he's a runner-up last year, not 2019. He was runner uh, not runner-up, but he was in the finalist last year. So got his win, and it was against Real Muto and, and Yachty. Yeah. Like two of the stud defensive catchers in the National League. You know what I mean? Sure. Pretty cool. And Buster Posey. Oh, you know what? Yep. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Buster Posey. Good career. He retired. I didn't even have that in our notes to talk about that, but. He's, he's a year younger than me, and he's done working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. He's not done working, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, but. I mean, I mean he's done working, right? Any job yeah. he gets, like if he finds his way to like a booth or a set or you know what I mean sure but oh Stallings gold gloves the first Pirates catcher to win it since Spanky Mike LaValliere in 1987 that was cool that seems crazy like Kendall didn't win a gold glove I know I think Kendall I mean I think he was mostly offensive though and I mean he's probably playing the same time as Pudge Rodriguez too uh I know Pudge played a lot in like Texas, but he was in Miami for a while, and there were some good there were some good catchers. I wonder, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm not gonna look it up right now. Uh, I have a tendency to do that, right. but that is interesting. But he was mostly offensive, right? I mean, if you remember that, I know he wasn't Mike just Piazza non, offensive, but yeah, just a non-power offensive guy. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Run. He could run too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and then. One of the most awful sights. Yeah. Seeing him. Ugh. Anyway. Gold gloves. That that was pretty fun. Uh yeah. I, it was kind of interesting when they started off. I I was uh I was putting our daughter to bed and she was like, What are you doing? Or I was not quite, but I said, Hey, at bedtime, this thing's coming on that I want to watch. So you gotta go right to bed. Cause I'm solo in it right now. Katie's out at a conference in Denver. And uh so anyway. I said, I got to watch this. What do you got to watch? 
I was like, it's a gold glove show. Well, of course, you say the word gold to her. And she's like, well, I want to watch it too. And I was like, well, it's on at 8.30, which is your bedtime. So you're going to go to bed. And then I'm going to go watch it. She's like, give me 15 minutes and I'll put myself to bed. I just want to watch it. Okay, I'll do that. I said, well, I'll give you 15 minutes and then the next commercial break, we'll go back. And she was super good about it. So it was like, you can sit and watch. I was like, I mean, it's a baseball thing, but she's like, I want to watch it. Okay. Well, they started it off and I'm like, they're flying through this. And I kind of thought like, they're going to be done with this halfway through the show. Then what are they going to do? But they sprinkled in a couple interviews and commercial breaks are 40 minutes long each. So it ended up going right up to the hour. But I was like, man, they're flying. ESPN. I saw a couple tweets about the fact that like when, uh, when O'Neill and, and Bader were getting like show, they were showing the highlights. It was them throwing out and robbing a bunch of pirates. And they were, and they were, we were, they said something about, you know, that they're never going to win the gold glove when it was a very anti pirates broadcast, which obviously they were kidding, but it was funny. Yeah. So all of that said, World Series is over, and like we said, there were going to be moves. Today was kind of the deadline for all those crazy things like, our, uh, not arbitration, for uh, qualifying offers, offering contracts, like exclusive negotiations with your free agents, which, like we said, for us is the three. Susugo, um, I knew I would do this. Um, Cahill. Oh, and yeah, Shelby and, uh, Miller. Shelby Miller. So, you know, we didn't obviously come to terms with any of those three, so they become free agents at some point. I believe it was at some point tonight. I don't know that it's like midnight. I don't really know, though. But either way, they are free agents. We didn't come to terms with them unless something comes out, which I actually do have MLB trade rumors loaded, so I can keep refreshing to see if anything happens. So, obviously... We win a gold glove is the last thing they post. But the following players have been outrighted off of the 40-man roster. Uh, Chase DeYoung, Eniel De Los Santos, Kyle Keller, Connor Overton, Chase and Shreve, who we know already elected free agency, uh, Shea Spitzbarth, and Wilmer Defoe, which is one of the things that we were like, okay, here we go. Yeah, I thought that Eniel De Los Santos wasn't going to be let go only because they just got him. I, I say let go. He was outrighted. So he has the, uh, he has an option, like he has the ability to accept that like assignment or I think, or go into free agency if he qualifies. Chase and Shreve was one of those guys that qualified for minor league free agency. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't just get assigned. He can just say, I'm no, I'm a free agent. I'm not sure about the rest of these guys. Um, but basically, they'll go through waivers, and if they're not claimed, then they go to AAA. So, I'm sure Defoe would have the option. You would think. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, with that said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna punch this in right now. Um, I say I'm not sure, but I do have access to that spreadsheet that I've brought up a few times here. But I wanted to make it clear. I know I've tweeted it, but if, if you're listening and you're not paying attention to our Twitter, that's that's fair. Ethan Holohan is is where we get this. He's he's on Twitter. That it's that's his Twitter handle. Ethan H U L L I H E N. Go to his Twitter account, and he has a link there 
for this spreadsheet and it breaks it down to um, like who's arbitration eligible. I think he even has what uh, MLB Trade Rumors has as their projected uh, arbitration amount. It has future payroll for each year down going through. It's got Rule 5 eligible players on it so that you can look at that and see if you want to do any kind of digging in, it's probably on that spreadsheet. There are multiple tabs. It's a really cool resource, and there's not enough people doing stuff like that. So go give Ethan a follow on Twitter and check out his his Google spreadsheet. It just it opens in a browser. It's a Google spreadsheet. It's super easy to access. You'll get read-only access to it. Put it in your favorites. That's what I've done, and I refer to those things. Um, super good. Uh, go check that out in order to get a look of all at all this stuff. And then you can come to us with something and say, hey, I saw this, and I think this needs to happen. You know, let us know that kind of stuff. We need to have these conversations. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, with all of that, the following players were added to the 40-man roster. Steven Brault, uh, okay, so a lot of these are, you're going to say, well, they were already there. Yeah, but they were on the 60-day injured list, so they're being added again, or they're being added. Steven Brault, Blake Cedarland, Dylan Peters, Jose Soriano, more on that, Dwayne Underwood Jr. and Bryce Wilson. But then today, uh, Diego Castillo was one of those guys who was eligible to be a minor league free agent. They added him to the 40-man roster today, and they designated Jose Soriano for assignment. So Jose Soriano in this, like he was injured. He still is injured. So I don't really understand that. Like, why couldn't they just leave him on the 60-day injured list? But apparently you can't do that at this point uh, because he's still injured and he's not even going to pitch next year. You know what I mean? He just had yeah, Tommy John's weird. again. He came, he pitched 3.2 innings and had to have Tommy John's again. So he hasn't pitched since 2019. But because hmm. he was a Rule 5 pick, we designated for assignment. I believe first things first, the Angels get an opportunity to – like just take him back, right? When did we get him in the Rule Five draft? Was it just last year? Yeah, it was the yeah, it was 2020's Rule Five draft for this season, and he was already injured when we drafted him, and yeah. then he he was rehabbing. We put him into a game. He was still hurt. <laughs> that's one of those easy things. the The guys that are injured, that's like an easy Rule Five pick, because you say. Oh, I have to have him on my active roster, right? But if he's mm-hmm. injured, he's on the injured list, and I don't have to have him on the active roster. His 3.2 innings were rehab assignment, so he wasn't on the active roster. And then right. he went back on the IL, so he never actually had to be on our active roster. That's like the perfect Rule 5 pick. Right. Until he doesn't ever come back, and then he has to have another Tommy sure. John's. So chances I don't, I don't are that they'll get. I don't know if they'll get first pick. I mean, because we, we went through the season. Yeah, I don't know when that cutoff is. I don't know if it's the yeah, next Rule Five draft. You know what I mean? It might have been today, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not really sure. But either way, I think that's it. If not, then he just goes on waivers like any other. You know what I mean? I think he would go unclaimed. If 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 we care about it, I think he'll go unclaimed. Yeah, because he's I not going to pitch that. at all next year. Right. So, I don't... And then I believe that if he's not... Um, so, he's Rule 5 eligible. If he's not eligible for free agency, then he, I guess he just becomes available in the Rule 5 draft again. I, Once again, 
somebody could pick him up knowing that they don't have to put him on the roster next year because he'll be hurt all year. But at this point, it's like, yeah, who cares? I mean, like, there's enough people. Who cares? Diego Castillo, though, um, he's 24. He can play third, second, and short. A lot of people are saying he's our next. Uh, the call up. Yeah, he. The, well, they're saying he's going to get time in 2022. Is what people think, and possibly at shortstop. So it could be. You got O'Neill Cruz in the mix. You still have Kevin Newman. You still have Cole Tucker. You got all that. But they're saying Diego Castillo could actually like he could play his way into that starting shortstop position. Hmm. So, uh, it, which I, it was kind of taking me off guard because he played mostly second base when he went, you know, when we got him. Yeah. And we got him in the Clay Holmes deal. It'll, but, be, it'll be interesting to see how this O'Neill Cruz plays out too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be a big thing. They're both going to start off in AAA. Mm-hmm. So somebody's going to play short. And I'm, my guess is it's going to be O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. That's that would be my guess as well. In 18 games with Indianapolis this year, Diego Castillo hit 278, 414 on base, 500 slugging. No homers, but he's not a he didn't actually hit a home run this year. Is that right? No, he hit nine of them. He hit three of them in Indianapolis. I was looking at triples. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that ain't right. I knew he'd hit some. So anyway, he yeah, he hit three in Indianapolis in 18 games. That's yeah, it's not bad at all. Double A with with the Yankees, he had eleven. He had five more with us in twenty eight games. Overall, hit two seventy eight. Was that Easton or? Yeah, yeah. Um, Easton making back to back appearances. <laughs> so, uh, Jake's got a little sign that he says, "All right, dogs are barking." So he's gonna click mute, so you won't hear from Jake for a second, just in case they get out of hand. Save your ears. But usually it's not too bad. Usually it's just a couple of barks and they're done. Anyway, Diego Castillo, super interesting. See how he uh, see how he does it. So also there were two waiver claims: Eric Hanhold from Baltimore, who's a real right-handed pitcher, and outfielder Greg Allen from the Yankees. Okay, to me, this is this is an important one. Obviously, the Pirates are looking for. What's going on in this uh, in the outfield going into next year? Yeah, We're pretty specifically, sure, specifically right field. Specifically right field. We're pretty sure Ben Gamble is going to be there. Obviously, Brian Reynolds is going to be there. So how that shakes up because Reynolds can play center, he can play left, and Ben Gamble can play the two corners. And I'm not saying he. I mean, obviously, he can play a little bit of center, but I'm not saying that because. Uh, Reynolds would get center ahead of Gamble, so absolutely wouldn't be important to to mention. We're talking about the starters. Greg Allen was, I mean, he's kind of like a a you know he was a, a prospect. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of a thing. I believe he was with oh I don't remember who drafted. Did Cleveland actually draft him? Yeah, Cleveland drafted him, and then he was traded. I don't actually have this. Yeah, here we go. Traded by the Indians with a player to be named later and Mike Clevenger to the Padres. So that was the Clevenger deal to the Padres. Okay. And that included, like, Austin Hedges and Josh Naylor and Cal Quantrill going over to Cleveland, which was 
kind of a big deal uh, with Cal Quantrill anyway. Ended up being really good. Um, and then the the Padres sent him to the Yankees. So he's kind of bouncing around a little bit uh, in the last couple of years. Mostly sure. because he didn't really ever pan out. He's another one of those Cleveland outfielders who just couldn't just couldn't make that final step. So this year he did play 15, I mean just 15 games with the Yankees, but he had 270 and he plays good defense. So Greg Allen possibly is a possibly is a, a pretty good pickup to say he's going to have a good chance of making the team. Yeah. I uh, it's hard to say how does he comp with a guy like Anthony Alford? How does he comp with, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. obviously I think this is a step up from the Kai Tom and the and the Fowler uh the Dustin yeah. Fowler stuff like I think it is. But this looks like an opportunity for Greg Allen. I don't know. How, how do you I feel? Think, how I, do you feel about this? Is it is it like yeah, they're just trying this out or like how do you feel about it? I think I think it it could go a couple different ways. I, I think a they they could be looking to give Greg Allen a shot, um, which no matter which way you look at this, they're giving Greg Allen a shot. Um, but for now, yeah, I think also I think also are they are they are they trying to push? Um, I just uh, uh, Anthony Alford. Are they trying to push him to up his game? You you know. Hey, we're we're picking this guy up too. How hard are you going to work this off season? Yeah, you know? that's not strange to to get some competition in there. Also, you right. you know you want to see what you got, but you also got Jared Oliva in there. We're assuming Travis Swaggerty is going to be involved. Yeah, as I say, in Swaggerty, where is he going to fit in? In it, November nineteenth, we're going to have a little bit more of a picture of who's on this forty man roster. Sure, you know, this could be a Brian Goodwin type thing where we say. All right, but we're gonna, we're just we have you now, but we're gonna end up designating you and seeing if maybe you stick around here. Yeah. Then give him an invite to spring training and see how that goes. You know what I mean? It could be that we don't really know right now, but it does kind of, it does kind of give you. I don't know if it even does. I don't know if it even gives you a better picture of what they're looking for. I don't even know if it does that. I think a guy went on the waiver wire. They had a spot for him right now. They said. Let's see how this goes, and then we'll see how free agency goes. Yeah. If there's a guy out there that you want to give a shot to, maybe a guy who is, you know, in later parts of his career, and you want to say, you think you can give me some innings while we're getting these guys ready? You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's him. I mean, he's 28, so it's not like he's in a later part of his career, but maybe he's a – I mean, that's all we think Alfred is, a guy who can give us – I mean, that's all Ben Gamble is. Yeah. Give us some innings. We know we only have you for this year. We need somebody to bridge the gap between now where we have Brian Reynolds and no one else, in my opinion. Absolutely no one else. Jared Oliva, to me, is not a long-term option. No. I have not seen anything from him that makes me even want to keep him on the 40-man roster, but he'll stay there for now. Mm -hmm. He's fast. That's all I can say about him. And maybe I'm harsh. I just haven't seen it, right? Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't he hasn't had much time to show us. Anything, I mean, I'm, but but his numbers aren't overwhelming anywhere. No, at least Travis Swaggerty's shown me something. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing if he can stay healthy and you know what he can do. Right. Is, yeah. Is he, is he supposed to be ready for spring training? Yeah, he should be. Recall. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's the thing is, and I don't, and he's not gonna make the opening day roster by any stretch of the imagination. Swagger, he's not. He missed basically a whole year. Two years. Right. Yeah. Good. Good point. So no, he's going to AAA, just like he did this last year, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that goes. But he's gonna have to. He's going to be there at least a half a year. He's not an early season call-up by any, you know what I mean? You don't think there's any shot, even if he's just tearing it up? I don't think he gets called up in April or May. I just don't. I don't even think it's a service time thing. No, I definitely don't think it's that. I think that I'm just yeah. I'm just I don't. saying if he comes into spring training now, and absolutely just it, lights it on fire. No, spring training won't matter. They'll, they'll like what they see from him, and they'll tell him that. Yeah. He's going to have to make sure that he can, yeah. He's definitely going to have to. So, I, yeah, I don't think spring training he's going to find his way onto the roster. I would be very surprised. Ben Sherrington would – I would I would attempt – I would go out in the yard and attempt a backflip. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so. Uh, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, no. I will attempt it. I'll get hurt for sure. Or I'll just go sideways. <laughs> just flip over sideways and not even really. Anyway, I might have to video that in case I'm in the hospital later. <laughs> But he, yeah, he he won't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this Greg Allen thing is. But I don't hate it. I think it's a better. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Five hundred ninety-four yeah, we'll bats That's... in his career at the major league level. That's like a season. Yeah. Two forty-one, eight home runs, three hundred seven on base. Eh, eh. It's not great. Thirty-seven steals though. You know what I'm saying? He's fast. Yeah. So. Take it how it is. He's it's a one it's a one war. It's not fair though because that's over the course of you know five years. His yeah. first his first appearance was in 2017. So whatever. Yeah, we'll see. When you want it, you want it, and he might want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He might go out there and do it. But look at this. I, I have a so just for you guys that haven't been watching the video, it's a good plug. We're putting a video up there. I made this. Like, thing at the bottom where I can scroll to what we're talking about. Haven't been scrolling it. So here we are. Oh, and there's right into our next thing here. Speaking of outfield, Phillies decline Andrew McCutcheon's option. And then Pittsburgh Twitter broke. <laughs> right? How many? Yeah. Like, there was just as much uh, Pirates fans tweeting back at Andrew McCutcheon when he, when he tweeted, far from done. Right, yeah. just as many pirate fans saying come back to Pittsburgh, or more, and then there was a bunch of Phillies fans saying I hate this. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's a dude that you want on your team. Yeah, not because they think it's the answer to get the Phillies to the playoffs, although right. some of them may. I mean, he's not a terrible player. Oh, not by any means. But he's more so just a dude that you want on your team. Mm-hmm. So. Pirates Twitter went nuts. Pirates fans, right? Sure. You have the camp who says, bring him back. He's what we need. Those fans are probably the people who he'll come. He will not be what we had. And they'll be like, oh, man, we thought we was getting a better player than that, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the other 
camp that says, bring him back. We've got nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so that, you know, I might fall into that category. I'm probably in that category as well. And then you have the fan base that says, we don't want a 35 year old Andrew McCutcheon. What, what is he going to do to help us win games? Right. Right. Then you have the other camp that says, don't bring him back because he's going to take innings away from guys that we need to give innings to. So those are our four different people who have an opinion, I think. If there's somebody else out there and you're listening, let me know where you are on this because those are the four things I came up with. (laughs) So first things first, the two that say, he's going to help us win versus he's not going to help us win. Right. Those are two opposites. Sure. So you got the, don't bring him back. He will not help the win column. And then you have the group that says, bring him back. He will help the win column. So let's address those first. Okay. Okay. Will he, or will he not help the win column? Yes. So you're in the camp that says he will help the win column. He's going to help the pirates win baseball games. Yes. As as long as he gets the opportunity, uh, close some of these close games that we lost, one swing of the bat, and he could change that game. Even if he's, I mean, not the player he was, Mm -hmm. he's still still a clutch player. He still would have led our team in home runs. Yeah. 27 home runs would have led our team. Yeah. So he would be another power guy. I, I brought it up. I don't think I I don't think I'm going into it, but I brought up his numbers, which by the way were a 334 on base percentage and a 444 slugging with 27 homers. A lot of guys want to look at the 222 batting average and say, "Ooh, that's rough," but 334 on base is not rough. It's not bad. It's not. He's not you know winning it's not anything. Stellar. Really. Nope. Let's look. Let's take a look at some right fielders that we had last year. 283 on base percentage, 307 on base percentage. Uh, I'm not going to do Ben Gamble because in this scenario he would be in the same. 233 on base percentage, uh, 311 on base percentage, 278 on base, 239 on base. That's all of them, okay? That is Dustin Fowler, 239 on base, 171 average. Kai Tom, 278 on base, 139 average. Anthony Alford, 311 on base, 233 average. Five home runs. That's not better. If you want to throw Cole Tucker on there, 298, 222, right? Mm-hmm. Jared Oliva, 233 on base, 175 average. Now, that's only 40 at bats, but it is what it is. Yoshi Tsutsugo, 307 on base, 217 average. And a lot of guys say, bring him back and put him in right field. Give me a break. Right. I'll take Andrew McCutcheon. 10 times out of 10 over Yoshi Susugo, who will probably Absolutely. hit worse than that next year, in my opinion. It's not going to get better. It could get better. It could get worse. I, don't, I say it's not. It could. It absolutely could. That's his <laughs> yeah, entire 2021. To be fair, when he played with the Pirates, he was a 347 on base, right? So mm-hmm. to be fair to the, to the Pirate fans who didn't look at his Dodgers and Rays numbers, he hit 347 on base with the Pirates, right? And all eight of his home runs were with the Pirates. Yeah. So I'll give you that as an argument, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at the whole season. 
two. It's three oh seven with a two seventeen average, yeah. and Gregory Polanco with a two eighty three on base and a two oh eight average. Andrew McCutcheon is an upgrade over everything that we had in right field, aside from Ben Gamble, who really will be in the same outfield. So that's not a comparison. Sure. So yes, Andrew McCutcheon, if he has the same year he just had and hit two twenty two, which by the way, coming back home, I would have to say those numbers would probably go north a little bit. Yeah. But they don't have to, but they could. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it. Yeah. I'll pay him $10 million. We have nothing else. to. We have no nowhere else we're really spending a lot of money on. Right. And $10 million is a very doable. He's already got three from the Phillies. He was expected to make 15. If he falls $2 million short of what he expected to make, after a 1.3 war season where he hit 222 and 334, I think that's a legitimate thing for him to take that kind of a contract. Absolutely. And it's like you said, it's an upgrade from what we had last year. And not only do I think that he will, that he could have the potential to physically change the win column with a swing of the bat here and there, but he could change the, the win column by being that veteran that can just push some of these younger guys over the edge and, and push them to get better. Right. He's a leader. So the, the problem with that argument is where the next group comes in, which by the way, I haven't actually, I've said a lot of things. I'm going to make an argument for all of these. Okay. So before we go to that next step to speak to what you just said, I will say, for those who say he will not help the win column, your argument would be, yeah, but there are other guys we could sign who will be more effective than Andrew McCutcheon at a 334 on base and 27 home runs, right? It, even if the 27 home runs aren't there, somebody else could help this team more, right, in the win column. My argument to both of those guys, well, we'll get to that, actually. I don't want to jump ahead. The, the 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 rebuttal to what you said, take me back. Uh, the other two guys here are saying the young players, right? Mm, the other two arguments. Away at bats. You can you can say the argument to oh he'd be good for the young players. The argument to that is well not if he's playing in front of them, right? Because then you say, well he's taking away at bats from young players who need to develop, right? And a lot of them are going to say, he's going to come, he's going to start, you know? Yeah. And he should. He's only 35. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he's 35. No, he's only 35. And the only reason I can use the word only is because 35 is usually not the age where you say, I will be your fourth outfielder, if you think you're good enough, right? right. When you get to 37, you're, you're looking for that role. Yeah. Some guys get there at 35, but not on a team who's not going to be over 500. Sure. Right? So, if he comes here, he's coming to play. Yeah. Now, the argument of taking away at-bats from young guys, my question is, from who? Because there's one argument out there that says, we need to give guys at-bats. I don't know who you're giving at-bats to. Cole right. Tucker? He doesn't need at-bats in right field. He no. can get him in the infield. So now you're taking at-bats away from Anthony Alford and, and now Greg Allen. 
that's who's at bats you're taking away. Yeah. I don't care about Anthony Alford and Greg Allen at bats. They don't, that's not who we're, those guys are not going to be part of a playoff team in Pittsburgh. No. Neither one of them. And neither is Ben Gamble for that matter. So if Travis Swaggerty makes his way, the idea is that if you sign Andrew McCutcheon and you tell him this is what we want you for, does it make sense to say, but when Swaggerty comes, you will take the at-bats versus the lefties and he will take them versus the righties. If all of us surges somehow, then you will take the at-bats against lefties and Gamble will take the at-bats against righties, right? You're, what you, mm-hmm. And there'll be more than that because the there's more righties, but you will you will fall into a platoon role. Obviously, everything else will play itself out. If McCutcheon's lighting it up and Gamble's not, then he just plays and Gamble doesn't. Right. Or if he's light, if he's just better than Gamble and they want to give innings to a young guy, they're going to give innings to the young guy and McCutcheon plays left field and it's no big deal. That sort of thing will play itself out. But if McCutcheon's hitting 222, you know what I mean, with an on base around 300, then he will fall and play against lefties. Yeah. Which is a very, not a terrible scenario. No, because what that means is he's not performing. Because the right. the whole the big picture of all this, and this is where this is where a lot of this comes in to say, this is kind of okay, so I, I will give you my thoughts before we go into this next thing, because I'm actually not one of those one of those four. Um, and I knew that ahead of time before I would say that, but I didn't want to bring that up first, right? I, I didn't want to bring that up first. Yeah. My problem with bringing Andrew McCutcheon back has more to do with the fact that, dude, Kutch wants to win a ring, and he's not going to win it here. Yeah. I want Kutch to get a ring, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not going to get it here. I don't think he lasts that long. If he wins a ring in Pittsburgh, he's certainly not doing it as a starter. I mean, we're saying, give me a year that if best best case scenario, when do the Pirates win the World Series? Best case scenario. It's not next year. No. I'm it can't happen. Like 2026. You best think it's case? that? Best case scenario. I'll give you. To win it? It doesn't matter. All I'm saying best case scenario, which means you've called some guys up and you actually have enough talent that if they play their minds out, they could win a World Series and no one saw it coming. It's certainly not 2022. It's probably not 2023. I will give you 2024 if all the stars aligned, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to take... It's probably not going to happen. I mean, you'd have you'd have Key Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, you'd have Nick Gonzalez, you'd have probably Swaggerty, you'd have R- Reynolds, Kanan Smith and Jigba, possibly Reynolds. Yes, Reynolds for sure, though. I mean, uh, uh, Henry Davis. Henry Davis is possibly there in 2024 already. Maybe Piguero, maybe Castillo, maybe yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like now there's, you there's start maybe Mason Martin, and then yeah. that's if all of your prospects work out. Then so, you have Yahure, Quinn Priester. Keep you know. going. Maybe Mitch Keller figured it out. But even, maybe. even with all of that, you, maybe you still have Stallings. Maybe Andy Rodriguez is up. You got Ronzi Contreras. Whatever. You also know that there could be 
other draft picks that could have possibly be on a fast track. I don't even know if that's possible, but you also have it is. You it also is. have free agency that if you if someone gets added who ends up being better than we thought, or maybe they actually make a good pickup in free agency before twenty twenty four. All I'm saying is, if those sort of things happen, maybe there's a deadline move that ends up being huge. An aging yeah. pitcher finds his way on a bad team. Clayton Kershaw's contract's about to end, and we get him, even though I don't think that would be the guy that would push you over the edge. Right. A 40-year-old Clayton Kershaw who is a roll of the dice in the postseason, possibly. But either way, all I'm saying is, if all the stars aligned, all you have to say is, do, do we think we could make our way into the playoffs in 2024? Yes. If you can make your way into the playoffs, you can make your way into the World Series. It doesn't right. matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you have 88 wins and barely sneak in, you can win the World Series. I don't count what the Braves just did as that. I think the Braves only had 88 wins because of the way their season went. They were better than an 88-win team. Yeah. But the point is, it can happen. Right. So, with that said, in 2024, Andrew McCutcheon is then, uh, he'll be what? He's his birthday. His birthday. He is the same age as you, but his birthday is June. So in the middle of the year, right? Mm -hmm. No, is it June? No, it's July. Wait, you're July. He's October. He's October. So he's 35, which means he's playing his 35 year age year next year, right? So then 36. uh, He'll be 37 years old, which is the year that he was. He's he's probably taking a backseat anyway. Yeah. So the problem is, if he gets a ring in Pittsburgh, that was a really long way to make a little point. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. We wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> the idea is that now you're saying, if we sign McCutcheon right now, and we want him to win a ring in Pittsburgh, if this is your argument, then we have to keep him for four or five more years. That seems hard-pressed right now to sign that type of a deal, right? This isn't the time where we sign McCutcheon to finish his career in Pittsburgh. And a lot of people are saying that. Come here and finish it out here. I don't know that if you're 35 years old, I don't know that we're in a position to sign a contract to finish it out. How Well, you think he's going to retire at 36? It's not going to happen. He's still in good shape. He's still got some some good years in the tank. I get it. I'm for it. <laughs> That's just the I, argument on that, right? That's not, the not argument saying, on that. Yeah, I'm not saying sign him to a five-year contract, but if you could sign him to a two-year deal and then sign I, him to a one-year deal and then a one-year deal until he retires, I'm good. Yeah, I just don't think that's where he's at right now. Because I don't either. what are you going to say? Like, let me give you a shot to win a World Series with us when we're good as a backup but take away your shot right now. No, let's, he needs to go and he needs to try to win a ring. So is that an argument to not sign him? Possibly. If you're afraid trading him is a bad move. Right. Because take out the name, Andrew McCutcheon, 35 year old outfielder still has some pop, good player, wants a shot at a ring, Mm -hmm. but needs to prove himself a little bit possibly, to some teams. Dude, what I would do right now is a guy like him 
will bring fans to the seats. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Right? Get people showing up. We need people to show up at PNC Park. Andrew McCutcheon will make people show up at PNC Park. Mm-hmm. All the while. And this is why I say, let's look at it. Come the trade deadline, we're going to have young guys that are possibly going to want at-bats. We're going to need to... I don't want to put McCutcheon on a bench. I want to put him on the diamond on a contending team. Mm-hmm. Get a prospect or two. Not going to be anything big, but maybe they turn out to be something. Get a prospect or two from a team who, like the Braves last year, had some major injuries. Dude, yeah. he's he can step in and play a role the way that Eddie Rosario did. Sure. Now, Eddie Rosario blew up. McCutcheon could go on a right. run like that. He's he's 100%. He's as capable as him. Yep. So, with that said, the only problem with that is that you are saying, yeah, we're going to bring him in and we're probably going to trade him if he's good enough. If he's not good enough to trade, then I have no problem letting an, a young player play in front of him against left or against right-handed pitching. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he didn't earn it anyway. Right. So I don't have any problem with it. And then you learn who Andrew McCutcheon may be if he puts another year out like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he does become your fourth outfielder in the future. And he does say, I understand where I am as a player. And so I'm willing to take that role on. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's got more in the tank, and I don't think it's going to play itself out that way. I think if we sign him, he ends up getting traded. I mean, it's very possible. If he's doing well, mm-hmm. the argument, and this is this is where I'm at, the argument about wins and losses, I don't care. I don't care if he helps me win more games. I don't care if he is part of the fact that we lost more games. I don't care. I need somebody to play the outfield because I disagree with the person that says we need to give innings to young players. We don't have young players to give innings to. Not that are ready, no. No. We don't have they don't exist. And Travis Swaggerty is the only argument you have, and he's not going to be there till midway. Maybe you can start talking about Kanan Smith and Jigba, but until November 19th, we don't even know if he's an option. Right? Because did you that's see him getting a, did you see him getting in that fist fight? I did see him get into that fist fight. That doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> that tells me that he came in as a pinch hitter and got one pitch thrown at him. That doesn't tell me he didn't do anything. No. But... <laughs> Don't tell me, oh, he's no, a fighter. Just... Nah, yeah, no, no, it's funny. No, no, that's no. funny. Anyway, so that's where I'm at with the McCutcheon thing. I do think that it's a really great discussion. I think that there are people that I that I follow on Twitter and that I know in real life who I agree with about 85% of the things they say, and I disagree with them on this one. There are people that I disagree with 15% of the, or I agree with 15% of the time that I actually agree with on this one. But your motives are all over the place. There are people who are, because the people who say I want to, because they're, you know what I'm saying? There's people that disagree on whether or not to sign McCutcheon that also agree on the fact that we need to sign somebody who will help us win games. I don't care about who will help us win games at this right. point. And I, and I say that very loosely. Obviously, I want a good player. Obviously, I want the Pirates to win. But ultimately, we are not going to be over 500 next year when I look at the 40 players who are currently on our roster. 
Right. They're not going to win more than 81 games. It's not going to happen with that pitching staff. So unless free agency explodes, we're not winning. We're not a 500 ball club. So right. who you put in the outfield wins and losses doesn't play to me. It just saying, if I'm looking on who to sign, I'm looking right. to sign Andrew McCutcheon. I'm looking to sign Jock Peterson. I'm looking to sign that guy. Cause I, as much as I like Jock Peterson and he did hit some big home runs, he's still going to have trouble. He didn't have a great year. No. He's not going to land a big free agent deal. Again, it's going to be the same type of deal that he just signed last year. Right. Or is he a free? Yeah, he's a free agent, right? He didn't sign a two-year yeah. deal. Yeah, he's a free agent. No. So anyway, I'm looking to sign a guy like that who needs to prove himself and that I know I can deal at the deadline to a team who's on their way. And and if you're Andrew McCutcheon, there's a lot of weird things. Yes, in a perfect world, he'll finish his career in Pittsburgh. That doesn't mean he can't play half a year this year and still later finish his career in Pittsburgh. Right. If you're Andrew McCutcheon, here's your argument. I want to get a ring. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The Nationals, the Mets, and the Phillies all thought they had a shot to make the postseason. Yeah. And none of them did. The Blue Jays thought they had a shot to make the postseason. And they didn't. Although that's unfair because most of those teams would have still made deadline deals. Most of them did. Um, so that's kind of a bad argument. Uh, the Twins thought they had a shot. How about that one? Yeah. The Twins thought they were the favorites. Had he signed with the Twins thinking, I got a shot here, he would have been very upset, right? Yeah. He would have done the same thing, tried his heart out to get a deal done or to, 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 to be good enough to win games. When they weren't winning games, he would have been somebody else they could have possibly traded. Right. Mm -hmm. If you were in Cleveland, well, Cleveland, maybe not because they dealt some guys. They probably weren't like that. Wouldn't have been a move that you would have said, I think I got a shot here, but they could have, but it wasn't probably a, a destination for that kind of, kind of thing. But the idea is that you go there. I mean, look at the Padres. They did <laughs> yeah. all of it. They made the deals at the beginning and the deals at the deadline, much like the teams in the East that I talked about. The, the point I'm making is you, you sign a guy like that, or, or you're a free agent, you go to a team like that in order to go to the postseason, and and those teams are all good examples of you still had a shot. They weren't going to trade you away. Now, the Twins, on the other hand, they could have then just traded you away. And it would have been, it would have ended up being the same situation that you would sign yourself into for the Pirates this year, right? All knowing that if I do well, I'll get traded. So tell me this, have another year like you just had with the Phillies where you're fighting all year, fighting all year, fighting all year, and then come up short with never a chance to get into the right situation or have a year where you play in Minnesota. Oh, that's, you know what I mean? I'm just, this is just an example. And you go all year and you find out pretty soon like, oh crap, we're falling apart. Now I have to try to get traded to a contender, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Now I got to find my way via trade and then have you play it in Minnesota. Or you come into a season where you say, you know what? Pittsburgh loves me. I'll be home with my family all summer. Mm -hmm. 
And then when July comes around, if I've done what I need to do, then I will have a, I'll have half the league eliminated just by wins and losses. I know I'm not being traded to this team because they're out of it. Mm -hmm. However, this team where at the beginning of the year, they had somebody playing right field, but that guy just tore his ACL and they need a right fielder and I'm having a decent year. I will now be an option for that team where I wasn't an option for them in January. Right? Right. To me, best case scenario for Andrew McCutcheon is play in front of a crowd who loves him. Go home to your wife and kids every night when you're home for a Mm -hmm. summer and then get dealt to a team. He's old enough to where, I mean, I'm sure that in this deal he can have a, a, a trade clause to say, I get to decline any trade. In this deal, yeah. if you're signing a one or two year deal, you're you're saying I get to say no, and give him a two year right. deal with an opt out clause at the end of the first one, where he can opt out if he wants to go back to free agency, right? Yeah, and he can also decline any trade that you try to make. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's the kind of deal I sign Andrew McCutcheon on, even though I'd hate to see him go again. If you're saying that he's being traded to a team that he's okay being traded to with an opportunity to win a ring, I'm okay with it because now I'm saying, no, 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 we're doing this for him. Yeah. And at the same time, I get innings, letting him, he's going to be better than giving innings to Gregory Polanco. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving him that. So yeah. are, are you signing him with that idea? With the idea being that you're okay trading him. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, that's my deal. I don't want him being signed right now to finish his career in Pittsburgh. We'll do that in 2025. Right? Yeah. He can be a fourth outfielder. He can help the young guys. He can hit some homers against lefties. Now, when we're at 59 minutes into this podcast, remember that next year we might even have a DH. Yeah. Now who's he taking hits away from? Right. I will say that if you gave me an option between Andrew McCutcheon and Yoshi Tsutsugo and the difference was $8 million more for McCutcheon, 10 times out of 10, I'm picking him for 2022. I concur. I Everyone is so into re- bringing back Yoshi, and I'm like, please don't. I'm not against it. He, unless we have a DH, I do not want to see that guy on the field with a glove. I agree with that. That was so bad. I just, I, I just, and, and people say, I oh, I think the DH is coming. I, that's, that's why I'm, I think the DH is coming and he hit for us. And people he are saying, oh, for other people, uh, oh, he hit for us. McCutcheon's not even an outfielder that he used to be. Yeah, but he's still like 18 times better than what we saw out of Yoshi Tsutsugo last Absolutely. year in right field. That was hilarious. It was so bad. Yeah. And I'm a guy saying, look how clumsy Gregory Polanco looks out there. And this guy made Polanco look like a gold glover. Yeah. It was awful. When I saw and him play a ball off the wall, when I saw him play a ball off the wall, I thought, can we just put Cole Tucker out there? Yeah, it's bad. Dude, put Wilmer Defoe back out there for crying out yeah. loud. Anyway, I think it's fun to have this discussion. Yeah. And a lot of people want to shut it down right away. And I think it's fun to have it. 
what are the chances he signs with Pittsburgh? Probably about 15%. Yeah. So it's just fun. We love him. He'd bring people to the stadium, and Absolutely. he would give us innings that we need right now because there's no one ready to hit at the major league level right now. Regardless of what what's in your mind right now when you say, yeah, but we need to bring young guys up. Yeah, but there ain't nobody to bring up. Right. You're going to give at-bats to guys like Kai Tom. And who's 2022's versions of those guys? Greg Allen, Anthony Alford's still there. That's those guys. It might even yeah. be Ben Gamble. I thought we had a pretty decent player out of Ben Gamble in 21. We may not get that same player in 2022. Right. You never know. You know. So all I'm saying is I'm not afraid to spend money at this point. Like for a guy like that. Right. I'd be afraid to spend money if the if the numbers were equal to get him or Jock Peterson. Or if the numbers were equal, not even to get him or but if the numbers were equal to get Jock Peterson as they might be to get Andrew McCutcheon, I still don't think I sign Jock Peterson if I'm the Pirates, unless there's some sort of money thing that changes in the CBA. But you know right. what I'm saying? Like, because there's no tie there. There's no, and there's no tie to Sherrington. I get it, but there is a tie to the fan base. Yeah. And I think somebody in the franchise. can in the franchise. And I think somebody can step in and say, Hey man, you know, it'd be nice to, to actually have some people show up. Yeah. And I think he's yeah. enough. A guy like that is enough mm-hmm. to have people show up and say, yeah, we understand who he is, but I don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't know. He, he could be close to his family. He, he lives in Pittsburgh. He'd be close to his family. I think, it's a good, I think it's a good matchup, but we just have to be willing to let him go again. Right. If you're willing to let him go, then I'm willing to bring him back because he's going to get traded if he comes, if he plays well enough. And if he doesn't play well enough, then that's okay if he goes to a backseat to a, a Travis Swaggerty. Or Jared Oliva, if it ends up being, if it ends up being, I don't want to write him off. He's on the team. Right. If he shows up and he turns it around, then, then great power to you. He can play outfield. You know what I mean? That's yeah. fine. He's super fast. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, a lot of fun. There's a lot of things coming up, guys. Uh, we're wrapping it up here. If you care about things, Monday night, uh, six p.m. Baseball Writers of America uh, awards finalists. This is where we find out who's in line to get the Cy Young and the MVP and all those awards. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, 6 p.m. All these are basically MLB Network. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Um, is the Hank Aaron Awards. Live MLB Network, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Wednesday, 6 p.m., the all MLB team nominees. We'll probably get some guys there. Um, it's the 2021, obviously. not. Yeah, it's right. 2021 yeah. awards, right? So it's only based on their 2021 season. Brian right. Reynolds should be involved. Jacob Stallings should be involved. Um, yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably about it. Um, I mean, Adam Frazier, maybe. So you could kind of claim some of that. But sure. Thursday, 6 p.m., Silver Slugger Awards. Brian Reynolds is in line to get a Silver Slugger um, or is up for a Silver Slugger. He is a finalist. They have announced that like they did the Gold Gloves. Friday at 6 p.m. is the Rawlings Platinum Glove and Defensive Awards on MLB Network. Um, I don't really know how far that... Oh, Team Defensive Awards. I don't know if the Pirates are involved in any of that yet or not. Uh, Platinum Glove, I I doubt. Um, I mean, it's Nolan Arenado probably. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Is that that just like one guy gets it? It's not not position-based. It's one guy gets a Platinum Glove Award. I believe so. Okay, so it's going to be one of those... If it was per position, then, I mean... 
how would anybody that didn't win a gold glove get a right. platinum? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. one of those gold glovers is going to get a platinum. There'll be a National League and an American League platinum glove award winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then Saturday at 7 p.m. This is kind of um, a little bit interesting, anyway. Uh, the Arizona Fall League Fall Stars game is on Embleming Network next Saturday at 7. So we have some guys that might find their way on there. Well, like I yeah. said, we haven't gone through Arizona Fall League stats yet. That's still to come. But the season will be wrapping up. I think that's the All-Stars game. And then there's a uh, there's a championship game, I think, the following week. And then the Fall League's over. So do you have any closing thoughts today? Um. Saying that about the, uh, the the fall league, I do know Nick Gonzalez is tearing it up down there. Dominican Winter League will be starting up after that's over. Um, it's just a lot of ball still being played. Um, as for actual closing thoughts, just pay attention. I mean, we might make some moves. We might not make a bunch of moves. I expect it to kind of be a quiet off season. Um, two weeks I, from I, now, right? It is yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting to see what Sherrington go, what, what he does, what he, where he goes. Um, uh, like I'm just saying, don't expect a whole bunch. We're not going to move mountains this year. Right. Um, but let's let the young guys learn in the minors. These, you know, they, they, they got to learn in the minors before they come up. But I believe in in this group that that we have coming in, um, that we have another international prospect that we are supposedly front runners for. He's a 16 year old, six foot one, one seventy, can play anywhere on the field. I mean, let's. I mean, you wouldn't see him till 2026 probably. But hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. I like it. I, I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to keep mm-hmm. building because we're not just looking to win between 2024 and 2027. Like, you have to keep mm-hmm. stocking it. You have to keep going. Right. But, yeah, um, two weeks from now, November 19th, that's when all the decisions on what the guys that we protect from Rule 5 are coming. So there'll be more to talk about at that point. That's definitely going to be a, a, a big time, like, what did we do? Who did we protect? Who could we lose kind of a thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, the only thing I have here just to finish it off is, is, is based around the Andrew McCutcheon thing to, uh, just remember, you know, when someone on Twitter disagrees with your, with your opinions on the bucks and what they should do, um, c- consider that a great thought. If we all agreed on everything, then what would we talk about? You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's fun to have, a, a, a an opinion and then to have a counter to your argument. If, if you don't have a counter, then it doesn't maybe refine your opinion, right? Because if you just have one thought and you say, yeah, bring McCutcheon back, why? I haven't thought about why. Well, here's why I don't think. Well, that might help you say either, even if it doesn't change your opinion, it's fine. But maybe it helps you refine what you think is smart. That way, when front office says, we did this. You don't say, well, that was dumb. Well, maybe you, maybe somebody else thought of something that you didn't possibly. Yeah. I speak my mind not to change your mind, but just to keep the discussion going kind of a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes minds are changed and sometimes we just hang out and we have conversations. 
Both of those things are good. Sometimes if, if your mind is changed or my mind is changed on something, those are good things too. That means that you've refined maybe a thought about, about a baseball team. You know what I mean? Like ultimately, it's about a baseball team, which we love, but this kind of stuff is fun. So thoughts on Twitter. If somebody comes back and they say, well, this is what I think, that's dumb. No, it's not dumb. It's good that we have discussion. Yeah. So have discussion with us. That's what we like. Because obviously we haven't thought of everything. So we're learning along with you what this looks like, like Jake's saying, the kind of moves that Sherrington's going to make. We're speculating, but we really, we're, we're eager to find out the kind of things that come out of it. Right? Yes, sir. All right, man. I'm going to queue up some tunes here. And that is all we have for today. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Just a quick plug in here. Twitter, bridge, number two, Bucktober. Probably the most active you'll find us on social media is on Twitter. Facebook.com slash bridge to Bucktober. Not with a two, but with a T-O. Instagram also with a T-O, bridge to Bucktober. And hey guys, we're on YouTube now. Check out the episodes on YouTube if you want to see us. Jake just got a haircut and a beard cut. That's fun. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, eventually maybe we'll do some live streams. I don't know. Either way, check us out. Come talk to us. Let's go Bucks.